bridge to all decks. Welcome to a very special episode of Enterprise Incidents with Scott and Steve. I am Steve Morris. And I am Scott Manson. Thank you so much for joining us for this very special episode because we are paying tribute to the one, the only, Nichelle Nichols. Not just beloved cast member from the original series, but an absolute groundbreaker in television. And of course, so many defining moments of her as Uhura, not just in the original series, but the movies as well. And and over the course of, of our time, Steve, that we've been doing Enterprise Incidents, we have singled out Nichelle and Uhura on many, many occasions. And at a time over these years when it looked like, oh, you know, maybe Nichelle's the Nichelle's role was was underutilized, which in many ca- cases it was, we realized that there was so much more to her performance that that just she has not gotten credit for, but she has on our podcast and she certainly will right now. It, it's such a strange thing because obviously she's led an incredible life. But I'll tell you what hit me really hard uh, on hearing about her death was, oh, this cast isn't going to be around, you know, that much longer. They're, you know, I mean, I, I wish them all long life and incredible health and as long as, but, you know, Shatner's in his 90s. The rest of them, I think, are all in their 80s. Yeah. Like, you know, that's. I, I hate to say and be morbid, but I too felt the same way uh, because. For so many years, up until 1998, we had them all until DeForest Kelly had passed on. And, yeah. and you know, uh, in, in more recent times, especially with the passing of Michelle Nichols, I started thinking, you know, there's going to come a time when, when you know, they're, they're gone. But really, I mean, I think we all can agree that William Shatner will live forever. <laughs> so that's I mean, not going to be a problem. I mean, he's 91 and he's like going strong. But, uh, but Michelle Nichols was born. On December 28, 1932, in Robbins, Illinois, she was the third of six children, and she was born, Steve, she was born as Grace Dell Nichols, Nichelle, hmm. not her birth name. But when she when she came of age and she expressed her dislike for her name, she asked her parents for a new one, and her parents offered her the name of Nichelle, which means victorious maiden. Uh, Over the years, she was a singer and dancer in Chicago. She toured with the likes of Duke Ellington and Lionel Hampton. And her first first interaction with Gene Roddenberry as a producer came not on Star Trek, but on his previous show called The Lieutenant. And the episode that she was in, Steve, was a very controversial episode of The Lieutenant. It was called To Set It Right – and it was an episode that dealt with racism, and it was so controversial. And Gene Roddenberry really upset the studio and the network by moving forward with this episode that uh, Camp Pendleton, the military, withdrew their cooperation from wow. that point forward of, uh, of helping to produce the lieutenant and give it authenticity of being you know in a military base uh and that unfortunately was like the beginning of the end of the show so even before star trek yeah roddenberry was ruffling feathers but like- I, I just want to j- go back to something you said a moment ago which is that i we just had to pause on the fact that she toured with duke ellington and lionel hampton yeah. i mean you know it's like 
we only got to see her sing a little bit on the show, but you don't get to tour with those guys unless you are a serious, serious pro. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that alone is makes her an important person even before we get to Star Trek. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, her talent uh, as a, as a singer and a dancer uh, was showcased in, in the TV series and, and the films, but I mean, to a little tour bit. with Duke Ellington and yeah. Lyle Hampton, I'm like, like, whoa, wait a minute. Um, and that was, like you said, it was before Star Trek. But Steve, do you remember, I know, I know you don't like when I ask you, do you remember the first time you saw this or that? But, but so what I'll ask you instead was, as you, as you were watching Star Trek through the years, what was it that stuck out, uh, out for you of, about Uhura, about Michelle's performance? Well, I'll tell you, I have a strange answer for you, which is I think the most important thing for when I was a kid about watching Uhura on Star Trek was it never occurred to me that she was black. And what I mean by that is that it was, of course, absolutely normal that she was part of the crew. She was, you know, this thing that is one of the most important things about her appearances on Star Trek and how influential it was taught me growing up to not see these differences. Do you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. You know, and, and, and I think that is why it is so important that she was on the show. Um, And then that being said, of course, I always really liked her. And in particular, when she got more stuff to do, and we'll, we'll get into some of those moments as we go, but, but yeah, you know, always loved Uhura and she was part of the team, you know, you know, that was the thing that struck out at me. Like when I first got into watching Star Trek in the early seventies during, you know, and I refer to this, to our generation, Steve, as the syndication generation, because we're the ones who who made Star Trek very, very popular to to where we are now, uh, all these de- decades later. But that is the exact same feeling that I got was, and it wasn't until later that I realized that I had that feeling. And what I mean by that is, I just looked at this crew on the bridge that you had a Russian navigator, uh, a Japanese helmsman you know, Scottish engineer, and then uh, a black woman on the bridge of the Enterprise, and none of it, of of course, a Vulcan, you know, science. Yeah, there's that guy. But, But what I mean is none of their backgrounds were called to attention. They were just doing what they were doing, and they were there because they were great at what they did not because of their backgrounds. They weren't held back because of their ethnicity. They were, it, it didn't matter that Uhura was black. It didn't matter that Sulu was Japanese. It certainly didn't matter that, that Chekhov was Russian in the middle of the Cold War in the space race when he was cast. They were just there. And, and it wasn't until later when I got to learn about the civil rights movement and I got to learn about the Emancipation Proclamation and, and, and just the entire history uh, of of you know our country and and all that that I realized wow what a what a big move for that to have been yeah. like you know you're watching the man trap in September of 1968 and and you know there's Uhura talking to Spock on the bridge in the first act and it was just like not a big deal at all but it was a big deal because she shattered a ceiling by being there and we'll get into that during this conversation. Yeah, I, I think it, it's so funny, and, and I'm just spoiling. There's a moment, obviously, we're going to talk about. It's very famous as the first interracial kiss on TV, although I think we've proven that that, in fact, is not the case. But <laughs> but as evidence of what we're talking about, 
I had no idea that I never noticed that at all. It never even occurred to me yep. that that was an important thing because it was just Uhura, you know, like it was only later on that I found out how, how groundbreaking, controversial, important, and uh, that this moment was, you know. You know, you know I, I will say like over the years and especially after her passing, everyone always singles out that kiss from Plato's stepchildren, which I mean, they refer to it as the first interracial kiss. I did a news hit for KTLA. And just to keep it simple, I refer to it as the first inter, interracial kiss on broadcast TV. And and that is not the case. But uh, but to be more specific, it's the first kiss between a black woman and a, and a white man yeah. on broadcast TV. I think that's a little more, you know, to the point about it. But but I have I have certain issues with that moment being singled out for what it is. And I'll get into why when we get to that point, yeah. because there are so many moments that I think deserve much, much more credit when it comes to honoring Uhura and honoring Michelle Nichols. But let's start with you, Steve, when it comes to your favorite Uhura moments, going from, from good to great, where would you like to start on this? Um, I think I have, I kind of was going thinking about my sort of honorable mentions and there's some moments where she had a lot to do, but they're not necessarily my favorites. Like one being in the changeling where she has to relearn everything. And when we talked about that episode, we said, this is pretty dumb. She does a good job of this thing. Um, but I think it's not, it's not one of my favorite moments, but certainly one where she does some nice acting. Yeah, that's, you know, I, I have my list and I have some honorable mentions and of course, Steve, no shock, The Changeling is one of the honorable mentions, not because it was a great moment, but because it showcased Nichelle in a way that we didn't see her before, especially after she had her memory zapped by Nomad and she had to relearn everything. And that scene with her and uh, Mitchell Barrett uh, as Nurse Chapel. But uh, another of my honorable mentions is this, and maybe it should be on the list, in the naked time, not the scene where Sulu grabs you and says, I'll protect you, fair maiden. And she says, sorry, neither. I mean, that's a great moment. But it's the scene where Riley is singing, Kathleen, one more time. And Kirk loses his cool. And he goes over to her and he says, please try to cut him off. And she turns around and she gives it right back to him and says, Mm -hmm. sir, if I could cut him off, don't you think I, and she composes herself because she is talking to her superior officer, but she is clearly irritated, says, yes, sir, I'll keep trying. And what does Captain Kirk do? Apologizes. He apologizes. She commanded respect anyway, just by being there, but she certainly commanded respect in that moment. And I thought that was a great moment when Kirk apologized to her. Yeah, I think we're probably going to be mostly on the same page of this. That's also in my honorable mentions. And uh, what I like about it is they both lose their cool. They both get it under control. But Kirk lost his cool first. Yep. And, <laughs> and he is the superior officer. And that is why he, that's why it also is a great moment to show what a good captain he is and a good leader because he apologized. And, and when he apologized, she looks back at him and smiles. Like, yeah. It's okay. I get it. You know, yep. that, that is a great moment, often overlooked, but not on Enterprise Incidents. Uh, another honorable mention I have is Who Mourns for Adonai's when- We're in the same order so far. So, <laughs> uh, so in Who Mourns for Adonai's when, when, you know, they're 
the enterprise is being held in place by by a giant hand and the giant hand is preventing communications from uh, Spock reaching Kirk and Scotty and Chekhov and McCoy on on Pollock's four. So it is up to Uhura to completely hotwire the entire communication system, which he is working on feverishly. And Spock, you know, going through his own transformation, and we've we've referred to this many times from the Galileo Seven, giving her such positive reinforcement uh, as as a. Uh, if there's anybody can do it, Lieutenant Uhura, it's you. Um, I think that's a great moment. It's, it's a, it's a great moment in terms of Spock's evolution, I think as well. And I think it just really, what we're starting to say, which is things you see later on in Star Trek. And certainly we see them later on in later versions of Uhura is going, no, it's not just that Kirk and Spock or Kirk and Spock and McCoy are the best. It's the whole team are the best. Yeah. You know? Um, my next one is her standing up to Khan in Space Seed and refusing to put on that monitor, uh, despite being threatened and even beaten. And I think that's a real courageous moment for her. That's a courageous moment. And uh, when when she gets slapped, yeah. uh, which is a shocking moment. Yes. Yeah, especially for 1967 when the episode aired, she just looks back on Joaquin, the Khan's henchman, and He's about to slap her again, and you know Marla steps in and says no. But she, her loyalty to her duty and to her captain, she—that's a great moment. That's a great moment. It's a painful one, and I, I hate that. I hate when that happens because I hate seeing that happen to her. But the strength that she that she displays in the moment is, is a great one. I, I agree with you. Uh, that's a great moment. Uh, another moment is. In Gamesters of Triskelion. We're still in the same order, by the way. Wow. <laughs> That's my next one on the list. <laughs> so so there's a, a drill thrall who refuses an order, and is a it is a black man or black humanoid, and they are they are the you know Kirk and Uhura and Chekhov are 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 ordered to practice on this drill thrall, and Uhura is to go first. So that means that a black woman is going to whip a black man on broadcast television in 1968 when that episode aired. And when Galt tells her, Uhura, you go first, what does she say? She refuses. She says, no. And Galt says, uh, you know, you got to do this. And she goes, I don't care who's telling me to do this. I will not do it. And then, you know, she's going to be the target. And then Kirk steps in and says, no, I'm in command. I'll do it. Whatever. Uh, But she defies Galt. And she's not in her element whatsoever. I mean, she's a drill thrall. Her title, Lieutenant, has been stripped because they're a long way from the Enterprise. But she says, no, a great sign of strength and a very important, subtle moment for 1968 television. It's funny. We've talked a fair amount in the show about the fact that the original series has a star and, and and a threesome that are at the top. And the other ones are, you know, lesser characters in the show. Whereas later Star Trek, they're all ensemble shows. Yep. And so they're really trying to service each of the characters and each of them get their own episodes. And I think that works against some of the later shows because a lot of the weaker episodes are like, well, let's do a wharf episode or let's do a, you know. Yeah, let's um, do an episode Spot the Cat. <laughs> but boy, I think the original series could have benefited by a little bit of the other direction because whenever you gave Uhura something to do or Sulu or Chekhov or Scotty, 
they were great, you know? And so certainly she could have done more moments like this and it would have only made the show better. I, I completely agree when you, I, I mean, not, not to say anything about the later shows, but all of the talent displayed by the original series cast, it, they are all great. They all had their moments to shine. And certainly when it came to the other four, as they're referred to many, many times, they should have had more moments. And it certainly in the third season, the, the original plan was to give them those moments, especially Chekhov, because Walter Koenig told us that. But unfortunately, that went completely in the other direction when you know the network basically gave up on the show and so did Roddenberry. Yeah. But but when we when we're talking about these these moments with Nichelle Nichols, you're going, sure, she definitely was underutilized. She definitely wasn't used as, to, to the best of her ability. She wasn't like living her best life as an actor yeah. doing a horror. But when we're going through these moments, you go, actually, you know, she has a lot of great standout yep. scenes. And of course, everybody knows the story that at the end of the first season, Michelle Nichols was thinking about leaving Star Trek, going back to her first love, which was theater, accepting a job on Broadway. And she told Roddenberry, hey, this is it. I'm out after the first season. And he like tried to talk her out of it. Well, at that time, Michelle Nichols went to an NAACP event. And it was there that she had the encounter that changed her life and changed Star Trek forever. Because it was at that event, she met a famous Star Trek fan named Dr. Reverend Martin Luther King Jr., or is it Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.? And he said, my family, we're big fans. And she was like, oh, great. I mean, I'm paraphrasing. But she said, actually, I'm thinking about leaving the show. You know, I'm not really saying much. I'm not really doing much. And I'm thinking I'm going to think about going back to my first love, which is the stage. And he said to her, absolutely not. You cannot. And she, the way that she tells the story it was, quote, you cannot, you cannot, for the first time on television, and this is her paraphrasing uh, King, we will be seen as we should be seen every day as intelligent, quality, beautiful people who can sing, dance, and go into space, who are professors, lawyers, et cetera, et cetera. And, and her presence on the bridge doing exactly what we were talking about at the top of this conversation, all of that was crucial to the civil rights movement. It's an amazing, it's an amazing story. And I had a couple of new thoughts about it. Really. The the first is, you know, we always tell the story as this is what uh, kept Uhura on the show. You know, this is why Michelle Nichols stayed, which of course is true. Um, but the thing that occurred to me, I remember when you and I are doing the first season, there were times that I could see her say hailing frequencies are open and I could see the actor in there going, God, I'm sick of this. Uh, yeah. I mean, it really, you know, because they really, I mean, forcing an actor to say this, literally the same words over and over again is brutal. What never occurred to me until I was just thinking about it. I wonder if that story changed the way Gene Roddenberry saw that part. And that's why we get bigger parts for her later on in the second season, you know, is that he is that that might've affected the writing staff that might've affected other people in terms of how they viewed that character. I'm willing to bet that you are 100% correct, and here's why. Because after, after her encounter with King, 
Michelle Nichols went back to Gene Roddenberry and said, I changed my mind. I'm going to stay. And Roddenberry said to her, welcome home. We have a lot of work to do. Mm. And I'll bet you're right. I'll bet he said, wow, I almost lost this person. Of course, yeah. you know, it's not, it's not a, uh, it's not a secret that Roddenberry and the Shum Nichols had a, had a thing going on at that time. But did they at that time? Uh, they did. Dur- during Star Trek. I didn't realize, yeah. I thought it was yeah. before Star Trek. I didn't know it was during Star Trek. Yeah. There was still some, go- there was still something going on there mm. uh, during, during the production of the show uh, while he was in a, in a relationship with Major Barrett, obviously. Um, but regardless, uh, she, she changed her mind. She stayed and, and you're right. The, 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 the quality of her, of her performances and, and the, uh, the, the, the roles themselves that, that she played in certain episodes went up like, uh, in, in the third season, even though Roddenberry kind of checked out by this point, you know, the episode that we just discussed, uh, the Tholian web is a fantastic showcase for her. Mm-hmm. And one in which we see a side of her that we never saw before and really never saw again because we are – well, I guess we saw her a little bit in civilian clothing in Star Trek III. But but the, when when Kirk has been sort of taken into the inner space with the, 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 with the Defiant – and she's in her quarters in civilian clothing, and she sees she sees Kirk. She runs out onto the corridor and sees McCoy, and and there's that really nice scene where she's in the sick bay, and he says, "Don't worry, you're not going to be like Chekhov." Uh, I thought that was a real vulnerable yeah. version of Uhura, and she she played it beautifully. I think, in particular, the moment where she's watching Chekhov and afraid that that's going to happen to her. I think she plays that really, really well. Yep, completely um, agree. Another, another, and this is, there's small moments, but I think, uh, in city on the edge of forever, just her reactions, both before Kirk and Spock go back in time and then seeing Kirk when he's returned, I think a lot of the emotion of that moment, not that Shatner's performance isn't fantastic, obviously it is, but her reactions to what's going on is also really powerful. That That's a great point. And you know, Steve, it's, it's when, when, before they, before Kirk and Spock go back in time, and she, and it's before the end of the first act, and she says, "Captain, I'm frightened," yeah. uh, and she's, it's just very dialed back. There's, there's nothing over the touch. She doesn't shriek, uh, but when Kirk and Spock and McCoy come back to the future, and and everyone's happy to see them, and everyone notices the look on Shatner's face, and. Scotty and Uhura, particularly, yeah, the smiles that they see, you see them have when they return, and they look at Kirk and they see that he's just staring, staring off into space with his jaw clenched, trying, presumably trying to hold back tears, and very angry. Uh, and Uhura's smile fades, and she says, "The Enterprise is up. We're at. They're asking if we want to beam up." And he says, "Let's get the hell out of here." Yeah, it's a great moment. For sure, yeah. that is. And it's and it's supported by Uhura. Uh, another one that I really like a lot is in an episode that I, I'm not crazy about, but it certainly had good intentions. It is The Savage Curtain. Mm. It's from late in the third season. Uh, by this point in the production of Star Trek, especially in the third season, you know, a lot, a lot of the key players were already gone. Um, you know, Bob Justman was gone. Uh, you know, 
uh, uh, you know, Fred, uh, Fred Freiberger was running the show. Like even Jerry Finneran was gone. But here's an episode in which Abraham Lincoln or a, an, an image of him is beamed aboard the Enterprise. And so you have this exchange when Lincoln sees Uhura and when Lincoln is brought on the bridge and Kirk is in his dress uniform. He says, what a charming negress. And she looks at him in, in surprise and he goes, oh, forgive me, my dear. I know that in my time, some use that term as a description of property. And she looks at him and smiles, totally disarming the situation and says, but why should I object to that term, sir? You see, in our century, we've learned not to fear words. She's a black woman is taught is, is telling this to Abraham Lincoln. So this is the first one where I didn't put that on my list. And, and, and here's, and I think it's, I mean, it's not a very, it's not an episode that I like, first of all. <laughs> and also I just, I, 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 I was always struck by that moment in as a kid. And I think that was, I think it is an instructive moment in terms of how I was learning how to think about these issues. But I also just go, man, what a wasted opportunity like you got Abe Lincoln and I and 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 Uhura and like there were so many things that could have happened that don't you know I, I agree with you I, look I, I'm with you on the episode I mean I'm sort of dreading our, our deep dive conversation on it because I just I mean I don't know although we're gonna have a good it. guest I think yeah, we have a good guest coming for it we definitely have a good guest coming for it thank goodness um, but but that moment between Lincoln and, and Uhura. I mean, in the 23rd century, Uhura is a living example of the success of Lincoln's abolition of, of slavery, as well as the advancement of, of equality and peace and understanding. And like, whether he's the real Lincoln or not, he's, he's you know, the Emancipation Proclamation. And here, 300 years later, here's a, 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 a black woman in this position of of power and respect and it didn't it doesn't even matter that she's black yeah although although actually we do we don't know if she has any ancestors who are slaves because you know she has a connection to africa her family might that not be uh her family might never have been freed by the you know the abolition but yeah that's a that's a really good point um which which brings me to another episode not one of my favorite episodes but has two uhura moments that are interesting and that is the man trap and one is where she, is the Swahili moment with the salt creature? Like that's, that's a really lovely moment. And the other moment in that episode, which is fantastic and is never revisited and never dealt with at all is her flirting with Spock on the bridge of the enterprise. All right. Well, it, on one hand, you're right. And in the movie, the way, yeah. Like other horrors, we get to bring this back. Yes. That was the, the takeaway from watching star Trek 2009. So, so there's that moment when Spock and Uhura in the Kelvin timeline get into the turbo lift and she, she takes his face, cradles his face in her hands and starts kissing him. Yeah. And you're going, whoa, yeah. where did that come from? And then I went, oh, I know where this came from because in the first episode that ever aired, which of course is The Man Trap, of course it was September 8, 1966, in the beginning of the first act, there you have Uhura on the bridge with Spock flirting with him. And that is that is absolutely a great moment. Um, well, and, and there's the moment where right after that where they say, hey, someone's died and Spock has no reaction. And she scolds Spock. She says, that could be Captain Kirk. He's the closest thing you have to a friend. That's, which is look, great. Yeah. Look, at this, look at that. And by the way, the man trap and – 
The Naked Time were filmed back to back. And in The Man Trap, you have Uhura scolding Spock for being so insensitive about, you know, maybe it is Captain Kirk, you don't know. Um, and then in the very next episode, you have Uhura snapping at back at Kirk being like, don't you talk to me like that? Uh, and uh, it, it, yeah, she she was not afraid to stand for herself. And I think that's clear. Uh, another one I have is just that beautiful moment in the conscience of the king when Uhura sings Beyond Antares for Riley. And she hummed the theme again later in, in the changeling. But whenever I watch the conscience of the king, and you get to that moment where she is singing using Spock's, you know, Vulcan lyre. And it's, it's such, it's so beautiful the way everybody just stops and listens. And barring the fact that, you know, Riley is completely oblivious <laughs> that someone just put this, uh, uh, poison in his milk. Um, it's just a beautiful, beautiful moment. And wow. I, I just love it. Um, I, it, it is a really good moment. I part of me like, man, I wish she had. I don't love the song Beyond Antares, so <laughs> like, I wish she had better songs to sing. But speaking of her singing, uh, she, her and Charlie X, yeah, I love she's singing, she's playful, she's messing with Spock, she starts to mess with Charlie, and then he shuts her down. And it yeah, is a that's a I, I prefer that singing scene to Beyond Antares in Conscience of the King. And by the way, the the uh, singing of uh, 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 that she's teasing Spock is she's again flirting with him. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, you know, all those decades and, and, you know, it was never, it was never something that was fully explored, but I loved that JJ Abrams and the writers of Star Trek 2009 used that as a jumping off point for a completely different Spock yep. or relationship in, uh, in that timeline. Uh, okay. So uh, a, a delightful episode and a standout, a standout, you know, role for her in this episode of, of who are in this episode is the trouble with triples because she is so disarmed when she just completely falls in love with those triples. And of course the triples take over the enterprise and as right. it turns out, it's all her fault. <laughs> um, yeah, she's really, it's really fun in particular. I think the scene where she f first discovers them when they're at the bar with Chekhov is a really, really fun scene. Okay. What else you got? Well, I got to leave the original series and go to the movies. Okay, because, let's hear it. Because Mr. Adventure is one of the best Uhura moments in all of Star Trek, as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. It's a scene completely constructed for her, you know. And she crushed it. Yeah. I just loved Mr. Adventure is sitting there with her saying, oh, that's okay for someone like you whose career is winding down. Yeah. And that look that she gives him and she says, well, you know what? They say, Lieutenant, be careful what you wish for. You may get it. Then Admiral Kirk walks in the room, step into my parlor, and and he's just kind of fumbling like, oh, this is damn irregular, you know, and she, uh, have you lost your sense of reality? And she goes, this isn't reality. And then she just turns, faces him with that confident stance. This is fantasy. That whole exchange. And Mr. Venture is shaken in his boots until he backs into that closet and turns back to Kirk and uh, I'll have Mr. Adventure eating out of my hands, all my hopes. That is absolutely one, her, one of Uhura's absolute best moments. Agree a thousand percent. Well, 
And the difference with this is that it is a full story, a beginning, a middle, and an end all about Uhura, mm. as opposed to her fitting in with other things and other people. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, just sort it's of a, being there. Yeah, it, it, it's a great moment. And I, you know what? I remember in 1984, on June 1st, 1984, when that movie opened, and of course the theater was full of fans. Yeah. And when that happened, everyone cheered. Like it's been so long since a, a Star Trek three was discovered in theaters and everybody knew that the enterprise exploding was coming because they used it in the, in the uh, commercials, which was bad move. But, uh, but the horror moment was a great surprise. And I just remember everyone just absolutely cheering and whooping and hollering. It was, that's one of the standout moments of my of my life watching the Star Trek movies in theaters when they opened. So, S- Scott, I feel like we've gotten we're heading towards the top of this list. What else do you have here? Okay, well, I have I have something on here, my friend, that I I don't think gets talked about enough, and I understand why it doesn't get talked about enough, but it absolutely should. It is from the animated series, the Lorelei Signal. It was the fourth episode of the animated series, and in it, the men of the Enterprise fall under the spell of sirens and are unable to do their duty. And Uhura takes command of the Enterprise. And even in an animated show, you can hear the 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 excitement, the like like oh my gosh what a great moment for uhura yeah. when Mich- when the shell nichols is doing her voiceover like she was david gerald had remarked that that she was so excited when she when she got to take command of the enterprise even though it was the animated show but the animated show is canon because it was in the animated series where we discovered that kirk's middle name t st- stands for tiberius so that the animated series is canon and uhura did take command of the enterprise what do you think of that well, it's funny. I don't. My memories of the animated series aren't that great because I haven't watched it over and over again like this. But I think it's awesome. I think it's a really cool thing, and I'm re- thrilled that Ahura got to be in command. Well, I have a great story for you with okay. regards to this episode with the the Laurel Eye signal. So, so a few years ago, I was moderating a conversation with Neil deGrasse Tyson, and it was a completely sold out conversation. The theater was completely full. And Neil deGrasse Tyson, uh, in addition to being a genius astrophysicist, he hosts a show called Star Talk, in which he talks about science and astronomy and space with everyone from whoever, William Shatner was a guest on his show once. So I'm doing this Q&A, and I asked Neil deGrasse Tyson about, like, what were some of the TV shows and movies that inspired him? So, of Hmm. course, as I expected, because I ask this question for a reason he talks about star trek and he talks about how important star trek was to the civil rights movement and and because you know as a black man and here's a black woman on a bridge and and he says you know but she never got to take command of the enterprise so i'm sitting there and neil degrasse tyson who is got millions of followers on social media. He's a best-selling author, extremely right. respected for, for, his, for his intelligence. And I'm like, what do I say? Do I let it go? And being the diehard 
be, you know, this, this guy, Steve, you know, you know, yes. okay. I said, wait just a minute there. And I said, Uhura did take command of the Enterprise. It was in the animated series. It was called the Laurel Eye Signal. <laughs> I said, in the episode, the men are incapacitated and Uhura takes command. And because the animated series is canon, I have to correct you, sir, that Uhura did command the Enterprise. So everyone in the audience was like, whoa, <laughs> and clapping. And, and he's sitting there and he's smiling. And so he says to me, maybe you spent too much time in your parents' basement. Oh. So wait a minute. So then I said back to him, I said, Neil, it's okay. You have Star Talk, but I have Star Trek. So well played, Mr. Well Mills. played, man. <laughs> and I'm like, boy, do I wish somebody filmed that because that was like, I like totally top this guy. You battled wits with one of the smartest guys in the world and, and came won. out on top. Yes, I did. <laughs> Nicely done. Nicely done, sir. Um, we've actually reached my number one. I don't know if you have other ones. Well, um, well, well, I think I know what your number one is. Yes. Is it Mirror Mirror? It is Mirror Mirror. Okay, why? Tell me. Uh, she's awesome. I mean, you know, putting aside the fact that she looks fantastic in that outfit. <laughs> yeah. but, but just putting that totally aside, what's so great about what happens in Mirror Mirror is that all the layers that she has to play is that she's really scared, you know, and she has to deal with all this stuff and she has to cover up her fear and then put on the layer of flirting with Sulu and then has to shut that down. So there's all of this performing over performing over performing and she shows so much strength and so much confidence and you go like oh uhura is a badass like we didn't get to see a badass uhura but she was totally capable of going and being on the adventure which she normally doesn't get to do i think it's a fan fantastic episode for her top to bottom i i completely agree and people always signal out the moment when uhura is telling the mirror universe Sulu, uh, you know, you, you, the game has rules and you're avoiding them. I protest and you come back and, yeah. and then she sees the signal and he's like cozying up to her and he says, now you're talking. And then she slaps him and says, I seem to have changed my mind again. She, he says to her, you take a lot of chances, Lieutenant. She takes out her knife. says, so do you, mister. But that's just one moment, one moment in an episode that has so many great Uhura moments. And, and, there is that scene in the transporter room when uh, Marlena Moreau is holding the phaser on the landing yeah. party. And she just like, you know, twists her arm, grabs the phaser out of it. She saved the day, totally. you know. But then there's like the subtle moment on the bridge when uh, Kirk uh, goes, says, I'll be in my quarters. Yeah. And he goes to her station and she looks at him and like she's like, I want to come with you. And he shakes his head really, very, very, very slightly. Yeah. And she just like smiles and goes like basically saying, okay, but that is absolutely her standout episode for sure. But Steve, let's talk about the kiss. Okay. Now we talked about it at the top and it is not my number one moment. My number one moment is like yours. It's mirror, mirror, but the, I have mixed feelings about the kiss because while I appreciate why it is such a groundbreaking moment. The, between a black woman and a white man on broadcast TV and how how 
important it was and it was it broke a ceiling and how when they filmed that moment uh the network went to the paramount set because they had issues with this scene they were concerned about that airing on tv in 1968 during the height of the civil rights movement so they said film it another way where he doesn't kiss her where kirk does not kiss uhura so this was the last day of production on Plato's Stepchildren. It was day seven. So it was already a day over schedule, and they were running behind. So William Shatner and Shell Nichols were not happy that they were getting pushback from the network. So they filmed it the first way with the kiss. And then they filmed it the other way where he doesn't kiss her. But when they were reshooting the scene in the different way, William Shatner deliberately messed up each and every take by looking into the camera and crossing his eyes. And he was deliberately flubbing the scene and they were running behind and they were out of time and they had no choice but to use the scene with the kiss. And that is why you have the first kiss between a black woman and a white man on national TV. But but I also have issues because this is not some romantic moment nope it is forced on them by the platonians and and that is not an episode that i particularly like very much because uh if you thought that the empath was uncomfortable uncomfortable to watch because yeah. of all the torture i mean you have a whole act in plato's stepchildren where you're doing nothing but watching spock and kirk get tortured by the platonians while mccoy has to stand there and watch And that moment, instead of being like a beautiful moment where they embrace because of their love, they're forced. And that is why I understand the stature of the kiss, but it would have made, it would have meant so much more if it came from love and affection and not as a method of torture or embarrassment. I I couldn't agree more. That's my feelings too. I mean, I don't love the episode for all the reasons you said. And it's it's so funny. It's the difference in the empath of physical torture versus humiliation and, you know, cruelty. It's a very different thing. And I totally agree. Look, I get it's important. And I get it's important to people. And certainly I understand that it was controversial. But man, imagine if Kirk was just attracted to a black woman. I mean, imagine that would be saying something. Yep. This is saying nothing, you know, I in mean, fact, the only, the, it, it's the only, almost saying, sorry, it's almost saying the opposite thing because it's almost saying the only way that you could have a white man kiss a black woman is by forcing them. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And I, and I think there's a moment of genuine feeling there where, where Uhura says, you know, I like, there are those moments on the bridge where I'm scared and I turn around, mm-hmm. I see you in command, you know, she's kind of telling him how she feels about him. Mm-hmm. But it's not allowed to go further than that. And and I, I agree. It's it's you know, if 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 it was if it was them kissing because they realized they really truly are in love with each other, that would have meant so much more instead of the nature in which it's done. But regardless, it does deserve a place in the annals of television history. It does deserve a big place on this list for that reason. So so for everyone who's been listening. To this appreciation for Nichelle Nichols, let us know what you think of our favorite Nichelle Nichols Uhura moments. Do you agree with our placing? Do you have other moments that you love that maybe we did not talk about 
let us know. Hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Movie Mance, and Steve is at SR Morris. And let us know what your favorite Uhura moments are. And of course, you can go to our Facebook page, which is Enterprise Incidents, where this episode's link will be posted. And you can comment there. Let us know what you think of our picks and let us know what your favorite Uhura moment is. Is it Mirror Mirror? Is it Plato's Stepchildren? Is it something else? Let us know. I've been thinking a lot about the importance of Uhura. And I think I have a very odd argument to make, which is, okay, Kirk's the star of the show. He's our hero. We've talked about it many times. We've talked about how incredible a character Spock is and that in, you know, in my opinion, in his way, he is the most important character of Star Trek I agree. in terms of the show. Mm-hmm. And obviously we've sung the praises of DeForest Kelly and, and, and all the other cast. I think there's an argument to be made that in terms of social impact, in terms of influence on people, in terms of actually changing people's lives and even to some degree changing society, there's an argument to be made that Uhura is in fact the most important character in Star Trek. I, that is an excellent point, Steve. And the reason why I agree with that point is because after Star Trek was, was over, at least the filming of the original series in the mid 1970s, while NASA was gearing up for the space shuttle program, it was Nichelle Nichols who, who was a spokesperson for NASA to recruit more women and people of color to be astronauts. Yep. Shatner did not do that. Nimoy did not do that. It was Nichelle Nichols who did that. And Mae Jameson, who was a, a famous astronaut, black female astronaut, she credits Nichelle Nichols for inspiring her to be an astronaut. So there is a whole lot of support for your argument about Uhura being the most important character of Star Trek. Well, and how many A, little boys and girls of color saw this and maybe just a little bit, even if it was 3%, saw maybe their future could be a little bit different from what they saw. Because there no, there's so few images at that time that were positive images, as Martin Luther King Jr. said. And how many kids, you know, white kids like you and me saw it and didn't react to it because that was how the world was supposed to be. How much influence did that have on us? Star Trek had such an impact on my life because of that very thing. It was because of watching Star Trek at such a young, formative age and seeing all these people on the bridge, no attention to, to coming to their, their ethnicity or background. It's a, this is what they're doing and this is who they are and that's it. I was like, that's the way the world is. And it wasn't yeah. until I got older and realized pretty soon after that that that's the way the world was not. But yeah. that's the way the world should be. So it is because of Uhura and Sulu and and Chekhov and Scotty and Spock, of course, that that I realized that I I just had such a a young acceptance of diversity and inclusion and 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 it was because of Star Trek and and Uhura being a very very big part of that. Yep. So uh, that is our thoughts on Nichelle Nichols, the incredible actress, the incredible member of the crew of the Enterprise that we've lost so tragically. Uh, And as Scott, as you've already said, we'd love to hear your thoughts, your memories. Maybe you met her at a convention. Maybe you got an autograph. Maybe you had a personal interaction. Maybe she inspired you the way she inspired so many other people. Yes. Please let us know, especially on those counts, how did Michelle Nichols inspire you? Of course, again, go to our Facebook page. Thank you so much for joining us for our appreciation, our deep appreciation and remembrance 
of Nichelle Nichols. And I quote McCoy from Star Trek II when I say she's really not dead as long as we remember her. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And until the next episode of Enterprise Incidents, keep going boldly.